Here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, and each week I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the business of feeling good. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Business of Feeling Good. I'm your host, Jason Liu, and I am so excited and grateful that Francesca Sitma is here with us today. And Francesca is not only a certified breath coach, uh, breathwork coach, as well as a hypnotherapist, but she's got an incredible life story. Um, I can't wait to kind of dive into her background in advertising and then this nomadic year-long trip to Bali and Peru into Indonesia. Um, but she does amazing work, really kind of connecting the subconscious mind with natural breath. And kind of more importantly, it allows you to go out there and access self-awareness, trauma healing, and flow state. So Francesca, thanks so much for taking the time to, to hang out and spend time. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah. So I had a chance to actually dive into Francesca's work. Um, she is an amazing healer. Um, at the same time, amazing teacher. Um, I did a four-hour workshop with her uh, where she did some incredible work around breath work. And for those of you that maybe don't know breath work, because it was my first experience with it, um, would you mind kind of sharing a little bit about that process and what is breath work? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the style of breathwork that I teach is called conscious breathwork, and it's actually an experiential therapy. So it was created by a clinical psychologist named Stan Groff, who used to study LSD in the 60s. And he found that through this evocative music and accelerated breath pattern, we could actually access altered states of consciousness. So with a ton of experimentation, he just found that we could get into our subconscious mind, access some of those unhealed childhood memories, and clear out any suppressed emotions and stagnant energy from our bodies. So I've just um, kind of been doing like a modernized version of that because his was about two and a half to three hours. With the two-part inhale, one-part exhale, we can actually get there in about 25, 30 minutes. So yeah, it's just like an incredible therapeutic technique. It's like a radical innovation to psychotherapy. And because it's such a physical and emotional experience, you just get like a huge purification and cleansing of the mind and body. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, because most of the people that I know that have gone into healing work, um, meditation specialists, people that at work around psychology, at one point in time, there was a place where they were on the other side of it. Um, what brought you to breath work? How did, how did that shift happen for you? And kind of what was your entry point into it? Yeah. So I was like a really intense New Yorker doing something completely different, right? So I worked in advertising and marketing. I had no idea that this type of modality existed. I'd never actually meditated or anything like that before. And I just got really burnt out of my lifestyle. Um, and I felt very unfulfilled, I guess, after accomplishing a lot of my career goals. And I just kind of went on a quest to find something else. You know, one of those cliche stories of like traveling and discovering yourselves. And I ended up in Bali at a retreat where they did breath work. And 
It was um, not what I was expecting at all, but I just kind of surrendered to it. And I found this incredible modality that gave me this level of self-awareness that my intellectual mind just could not get to. And I became so fascinated with it. And I just started studying it. I mean, I just went to every workshop, every class retreat I could find all around the world to really understand if it was as transformative as I had been experiencing in the beginning. And there was just, it kind of just became something where I had no choice. I had no choice but to share this with other people. So it wasn't planned. Uh, It just kind of happened. So it's interesting um, because I talk so often with a lot of entrepreneurs that are pivoting. And one of the spaces that I find myself, along with a lot of other colleagues as well, is in this space of like feeling like you went throughout life to find a certain point of success and feeling very unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. How did you know? Did you, have a, did you have a moment where you knew you had to leave? Because I have a lot of friends that are like, I don't know when to move. I don't know what that next step. And it's, it's this, this like fear to leap a little bit. Was there, was there a moment for you? Like, did you know when you were leaving? You know, I think that I really exhausted all of my options. For me, I knew that my goal in New York was to be an account director at the top agency, you know, in the biggest city. And then when I did that and I was like, I'm on Google, I'm an account director, like this is not all it was cracked out to be. And I'm just exhausted all the time. And I'm so burnt out. And I, and I was like, maybe this is the time, that time that you're talking about that pivotal moment of making a change. But instead I said, oh no, I'll try, I'll try client side instead. Maybe that's the shift that I needed. And, you know, it was glamorous for a little while with all the global travel and whatnot and healthy budgets. But after a couple months of that, it was like the same story. And then I thought it was the city. So then I tried to move to San Francisco and I started working in tech. And then I was even more miserable. And I kept chasing all these external things to fulfill me. And I just realized eventually when I hit rock bottom, it's like, there's no job. There is no city. There is no guy that is going to get me out of this. Like the only thing I can do now is start to go in and work on my mindset and find what it is that really lights me up. So I think it was just after exhausting all of my options and reaching all of my goals and still not being happy. Hmm. What was it about, what was it about breath work for you that really kind of took you in? Because it sounds like when you left advertising, you went on this journey that obviously there was no intention of finding breath work. Um, was there, was there an experience that you had that you said, and you kind of mentioned this, that you had to go share it with people? Yeah. You know, like I had, I had been in therapy for a little while and I had thought that I had gained a pretty like high level of self-awareness and I had been pretty well read too. So maybe I was a little cocky <laughs> thinking that I was pretty aware and smart. And when I went into the breathwork in my very first session, um, at the end of the session, I saw myself as a seven-year-old girl and I got this message that said, you're too hard on yourself. And it was really odd to me because that morning in my journal, I had written down, I haven't been hard enough on myself and accepted responsibility for my shallowness. So when I got that message, when I was in a subconscious state and it was so vastly different than what I believed the issue to be in my conscious state, I realized, whoa, like, I don't fully know what's going on here. Like I'm really disconnected. And in the second experience, 
I saw myself and this sounds a little woo woo, but I saw myself kind of like in this garden in a red dress, like next to this gong. And there was this message that was like, you're feminine, like you're graceful, you're sensual. And I was like, what? Like, I've just been this tough girl, this ball buster, this New Yorker. And I was so disconnected with my core. And so I, I just figured that if I'm this disconnected, somebody who like is actually going out there, doing the work, curious, exploring, then there's a lot of other people that could use this modality too. And it, and it breaks through because of that oxygenation technique where it's easier to drop in the meditation. And that's what I found is that so many people who've tried to meditate and haven't been able to get there, they get there on the first, second, third breathwork session. And a lot of men too are a lot more open to it than a lot of other practices. And it just became so efficient and so effective that it was like a no brainer to keep pursuing this path. You might have already touched on it, but that's such an interesting thing that you brought up because with my work with you, I had a very similar experience. It was very easy to access memories of when I was seven or when I was six. Mm -hmm. That's like you, I've spent a lot of time working with coaches, a lot of time working with therapists that I thought I knew what the issues were. I thought I knew what the challenges were. Why does that happen in breath work? What makes what makes the breath so powerful in accessing those memories? Yeah, I mean, Jason, you know, breath is life force. And I think we forget that. Like if you stop breathing, you die. So that's how much, you know, like of a healing and essential modality that it is. And when I started reading more about how Eastern, ancient Eastern cultures use the breath as medicine, it started to just make a lot more sense. But then when I also started looking at the physiology of it, the science of it, I realized that when we decrease that carbon dioxide, when we play with those balances of oxygen and carbon dioxide in our body, it actually stimulates different parts of our brain. So it allows us to quiet down that front part of our brain. That's all our logical mind, our analytical mind, the critical factor, the perpetual thought loops. And it lets us tap into different insights, different memories. And that's why you'll see yourself, you know, seven, 14, the last breakup that you thought that you'd already processed or this one fight that you saw between your parents. And that's why you have this relationship pattern. I mean, it is wild, the things that we see in there that we completely forgot about. But the breath lets us quiet down that sort of monkey chatter and access different parts that need to be healed. So what happens when you access those memories? Because the experience I had, um, and I could be looking for some coaching here as well, When I went through the experience, I watched, it's funny because it comes from an entrepreneurial world. I watched money kind of shatter my family. I watched it really break Mm -hmm. up a certain side of my family. And so I've had this perpetual state of making money and then releasing it as fast as I can Mm -hmm. um, because the two don't exist in the same plane. What do you do once you have acknowledged or done some work and said, you know what, that is a root memory. That is something that's maybe my beliefs and what I do on a daily basis comes from that. How do you begin to heal those moments? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, it's really a three-part process in how to create like sustainable behavior change, how to use breath work to actually integrate in your day-to-day life. So step one is awareness, right? So we're kind of, we know something's off. We know we have this pattern with money where maybe we push it away. We don't hundred percent know why we go into the breath work. Step two, we have the experiential release. And this is so critical and so important because we're actually releasing the suppressed emotion underneath it. 
So what you may have thought the emotion to that story with money might've been sadness, what you found was there was some anger, right? So we're really disconnected to what the underlying emotion really is. And when you breathe into it, you're actually releasing it from your nervous system, from your body, and you're breaking the energetic pattern. So then you go into step three and you start to take practice and action into new habits, into new ways of thinking and being. So now when you see maybe that um, automatic reaction come up where, uh, oh, money, spend it. You're like, oh, wait a minute, bring awareness back to this behavior. I'm doing this because grandma did this. That's not my story anymore. I can choose a different action. And it doesn't feel like this habitual pull because you release the emotional reactivity. You can just quickly choose something new. And that's how we create new neural circuits. We create new patterns, new behaviors, new habits. So awareness, emotional release, and then practice and action. Is there anything you do to catch yourself in those moments? Because there are times that I am conscious now because of the practice and a lot of the work that I'm doing too around catching myself with money. Um, especially with building this new business right now. Um, but there are times where I catch myself in the moment where I come from a place of scarcity as opposed to abundance. Mm. Is there anything I can do to reinforce choosing abundance? Take space. So take space before you act, before you, um, put your pricing together before you offer a discount to that client, you know, just take a beat, take a deep breath, go back to the insight, bring awareness back to the insight. I don't know if you read any um, Eckhart Tolle, but he talks about how bringing awareness dissolves the root of the trigger and you start to dissolve the emotional reactivity. So the first time you do it, it's kind of like, Oh shit, I'm doing that thing again because it reminds me of my, what happened to my family. (sighs) take a second, take a beat, bring your awareness to that. You'll see that the emotional reactivity, it dissipates by 50%. Do that the second time, 25%. Do that the next time, you just keep reducing it until it's not even there anymore, until it's not something that you do anymore. So you'll see, like, especially since you just had that session, right? And now you're already moving into something where you can practice it in real time. Just watch like that, that like, anxious feeling in your chest, it's not going to be there anymore because you just keep bringing yourself back to the root until it's gone. Interesting. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to practice it. Um, it was, it was really a, I've never had a, an experience with, because meditation has been wonderful in terms of calming my mind as someone that constantly churns ideas, (laughs) but, uh, I've never had something experiential. I've never had something that was like physical sensation or memories or any of that. It was incredibly powerful. So thank you for diving into that work and sharing it with the world. Of course, of course. And you saw too, like, I love that you got to see the whole community and how people had such vastly different experiences. Like, wasn't it wild? (laughs) It's incredible. It's incredible to see the community that you've put together. And while we may be different in in regards to where we're at in life, the common, the common themes span all, like it goes across all borders. Like it's, it's incredible to see how common those themes are. And sometimes we feel like we're on an Island. So Mm -hmm. the powerfulness of, being a part of a group class is to see that we really are the same out there. Yeah. I read the chat box like after that session and I was like in tears. Cause it was just, 
seeing everybody support one another and relate to the emotions underneath everyone's situation so much was just so heartwarming. And it was just like, you got this, like, you're so powerful, girl. You know, it's like, this is beautiful. So it was, it was a magical day for me, for sure. When did you decide that you wanted to go this route? Because there's so often times where, hey, I have an experience, it was very powerful, but you pivoted 180. I mean, you went from, like you said, advertising New York, that is a very different vibe than, than the person I know today, right? Then, then, yeah. then this person, you know, in front of me is, is so much more, I shouldn't say so much more, because I didn't know you then, but very much in tune, you're very aware, very empathetic, um, very giving. Um, what's, um, when did you decide that you wanted to start doing group classes? Or were there signs along the way that you kind of like, I'm going to follow that? Jason, I never decided. I literally never decided this. Like, it was so weird. I went and I got my teacher certification because I just wanted to facilitate on my mom. I'd actually, I think I had told, you know, like 40 or 50 people when I got out of Bali, you got to try breath work. You got to do breath work. And like 40 to 50 people went because I was just so passionate about it, but they all went to different teachers and had different experiences and they weren't necessarily similar to the ones I had. And so I was like, how, like, what is missing from these other experiences. And I saw that there's a way to curate it, right. (laughs) To be really powerful. So I was like, I better take it in my own hands so that I can heal my mom. (laughs) So that was the only reason I got certified. And I really had this plan that I wanted to blow out this company and kind of merge breath with tech. And that was my plan. And so when I decided to stop traveling and I only decided to stop traveling because I ran out of money, I said, where am I going to end up? And I figured, okay, I know I'm not going to go back to New York. You know, I didn't like San Francisco. So I thought maybe LA and I was out here for the training and I was like, I'm just going to look at places while I'm here. I saw one place that I'd seen in my meditation. And I said, all I want is to be near the beach and close to a hot yoga studio. I saw one apartment. I went to this apartment And I was like, this is where I'm going to live. I feel it. The energy feels right for me. I had no proof of income, no employment. (laughs) They were like, this is a really competitive place. Like there's no snow chance. And I was like, just send me the application. I'll figure it out. I wrote this cover letter and it was just like, I will be the most Zen tenant you could ever ask for. (laughs) And I like put this argument together and I got this apartment and it's blocks from the beach. And it's next, it's like a box from a hot yoga studio. And so that now I'm in LA and I'm like, am I going to blow out this company? And then somebody's like, Hey, I've watched your journey. Like, I'm really curious. Like, could you do breath work on me? And I'm like, Oh, maybe that's how I'll supplement my income is I'll do some private breath work classes. And so then I started, you know, taking some breath work clients. And then one of my old clients, when I worked in advertising was like, Hey, my friend's opening up this wellness studio. Any chance you'd want to teach a breathwork class there? And I was like, no, like, I don't see myself doing that. But then I connected with these guys. They were super cool. They all came to my apartment. We had like a dope breathwork session. They were like, you have to come teach at our studio. You can pick your schedule. So I was like, all right, I guess I will. And then my girlfriend is like working at Soho House Malibu and she's like, Oh, you'd be great there. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I just kept following the signs and doing it. And then it was so rewarding to watch all these people in this class, like have these huge breakthroughs. And, you know, everyone's like, 
I just got the job because I released the self-doubt or like I'm getting out of this toxic relationship and oh my gosh, you've changed my life. And I'm like, what? Like I did, like, <laughs> no, I didn't, you know? And it just kept unfolding. Like it just kept unfolding this way. So I never really decided. I'm just kind of trusting the journey I'm meant to be on. So let, can we talk about intuition then? Yeah. Okay. So it's something that I am, it's, I shouldn't say attempting. I want to get better at. I, I, I do. I really do. I really want to shut off my analytical mind because that's what keeps going. It, that's what drives me. Um, how do you lean into intuition or intention? It is, is it something that you've always had or did you lean into it and find a way to become more intentional and to really look for the signs out there? Because I don't know, maybe it's just how I'm made up. I always want like, I want the, I want the blueprint. I want the step-by-step yeah. plan. I want it all to be figured out in the way that I want it. Um, oh, yeah. I'm learning a lot about you right oh, now. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah. No, uh, that's a great question. You know, we all have, we all have intuition. We all have this intuitive knowing, this inner guidance, this gut feeling, but we're just trained. We're trained to be more logical. We're trained to be pragmatic. We're trained to have a plan of action. Like that's what makes us feel safe. That's what gives us security is knowing what to do is being in control. So I'm going to assume there's a little bit of control over there. So for me, learning to trust my intuition came from reading this book that I had mentioned in the retreat called Living in the Light by Shakti Gawan. And what she says is so powerful because she says that we have to balance our masculine and our feminine energies. And the way that we do that is leading with the feminine. This is completely new to me. So feminine is intuitive, compassionate, nurturing, right? And then masculine is like decisive, like executional, um, assertive. And I'm all mas- I was all masculine at that time. And I said, okay, le- lead with your feminine but then follow with your masculine. So the key is to feel your intuition and then take action on it. Hmm. So it's, it's a practice to be honest. And you just start with like little things. You're like, okay, that doesn't feel right to me. Like that doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to do that. And they're like, that feels really good. Okay. That's weird. All right. I'm just going to do that then. I'm just going to try it. Hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is what alignment feels like. This is what flow feels like. And then you get so addicted to that feeling because you know you're just flowing with the universe. You're just acting on what's meant for you. And then like any other skill, any other practice, it starts to become more innate. So what is the practice for you, if you don't mind me asking? What do you do daily to get yourself there? Or is it daily? Like I think the everyone wants to talk about morning routines and evening rituals and things like that, right? I mean, I think it's the buzzword, especially here in tech right now. So what is, do you have a practice? Um, Because it sounds like it's something that you are constantly putting yourself into. Oh, I love a morning routine. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I read, did you read the 5am club by Robin? Oh, I was like, "Mm, that's a little intense, but I'll try like a little bit of a rendition of that. I lasted like two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) It was really early. I think the movement for me first thing wasn't, it didn't feel right for me. So I do movement a little bit after, but so for me, it's like, wake up, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face. And then I go straight into breath work. So I'll do a 20, 25 minute breath work session. And then I'll go into my 20 minute meditation. And that might be like just focusing on my breath or I might do a mantra. Um, and then the morning, like I'm such a morning person. So this starts for me around 6am. Um, and then I'm, 
I'm like in flow and I'm super creative and I have all the clarity that I want. And I just like work for hours and hours and hours. And then I don't, I usually do a workout around noon. Um, and I love a cold shower every day. Like I know I always do the cold showers. Ice bath. (laughs) Oh yeah. Amazing. Okay. So going back to uh, morning ritual here with breath work, do you just set a like timer on your playlist? Is it just like a 25 minute or, and then before you drop in, is there any prompt? Yeah. Great question. So I usually set my intention for clarity. There's nothing I love more than mental clarity and getting into flow state. So it's usually like, you know, what do I need to do next in my business? How do I want to scale? What are the people I need to reach out to? Do I want to lean more corporate, more private, more retreat style? And I set that intention for clarity. And then I go in and it's just like so many ideas are coming up. But when I'm blocked, then I'm like, or typically when I get into a fight with my boyfriend, I'm like, all right, what trigger needs to be healed today? And he, and he knows too. He's like, Hey babe, I think I see the clarity this morning. Let's talk about your reactivity last night. Let's do a breathwork session on that. And I'm like, Oh, fine. (laughs) So it just kind of depends on what's going on in my life. It's usually clarity, but then when some event has happened, then it's like, all right, the little girl needs healing today. (laughs) You get into the breathwork, whatever comes, comes. And then with the meditation, what's, you said mantra. So I've always, most of the meditations I've worked on is just focusing on breath. Is there specific mantras that you pick or based on feeling? No, based on reading and experience, maybe. So um, I read Emily Fletcher's book on meditation and her mantra that she uses is one. But then when I was in Bali, I was taught by a teacher to use rum. Rum is magic for me. I mean, I get into a really elevated state. I'm like buzzing, like head in the clouds almost. So I have to bring myself down with my breath. Um, but I think rum is really effective. And I was just reading uh, just a few minutes ago in the Surrender Experiment, Experiment by Michael Singer. He uses Mu, I believe, M-U. So there's a couple good ones, like feel into what feels good for you. But I prefer breath over mantra for sure. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Really interesting. Um, I will have to figure out some sort of a morning routine here too. Oh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a playlist because you saw like how powerful the music is, like how different Uh the experiences can be. Like the first breath work we did at the retreat, it was a healing and it was like primal music, emotional music. And then the second one I did a flow state and it was super upbeat, like lots of drums. So the music has a huge effect on the type of experience you're going to have. Was that one of the big differences that you found compared to other people's experience was the curation of music? Here's what I think makes really effective breathwork sessions and where people are usually missing one or two components, right? So bringing content to the surface beforehand. And a lot of breathwork classes I would go to, they'd be like, all right, let's breathe. And I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we got to set some intentions. We got to bring some memories up. We got to get the emotion stirring, you know? (laughs) So that's why I spend a lot of time like either doing journaling prompts or having people share because it starts to stir stuff up. So intention setting always first. And then the music and the vocal cues. What I found is through some of my vocal cues, that's what really cracks people wide open because it gives them a, vo- a focal point and it gives them something to visualize. And that's what brings a lot of the memories to the surface. And then um, 
the integration is so huge because just like with so many other modalities, it's like, if you don't know how to process what just happened, then it just becomes an experience and it doesn't become something that can actually change your life and your habits. So that's why, you know, like I have people share like at the end and we go through like what maybe physical or emotional experiences you have and to journal on it. So it really starts to cement, but yeah, those are the things for me, intention setting, music, vocal cues and integration. I have one other question behind the scenes and you don't have to answer this, but I was just curious when you are teaching a class, do you go through the experience at all yourself or are you um, paying attention to what's happening on screen and kind of feeling out where it's going to go? Oh yeah. So I test every single playlist, vocal cues, like all that stuff before I teach a class because I have to make sure that it's going to be super effective so sometimes it really drives me nuts because I'm like, oh man, I went through the ringer like twice this week to perfect the playlist. It was super emotional. I was bawling my eyes out in fetal position, you know, I'm like, damn. And then other times, um, and then when I'm actually watching the class, yeah, I'm just really paying attention to people. I'm paying attention to who's breathing, who's having an emotional experience, who's like shaking it out a lot, having the vibrations. I'm like, I'm like cute in and I watch it over and over and over again too. Like I study these. Even more crazy is that I take everything that's in the chat box and I put it into Excel documents ever afterwards so that I can track all the patterns of what's happening for each person and also like what collective themes and stuff are going in, going on. That's, that's the well-read part coming back in. (laughs) That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, Can I shift gears on you just really quick? And can we talk about the magic dark period? Oh yeah. Let's talk about the magic dark period. (laughs) What is the magic dark period? Yeah. So the magic dark period, it's something I heard about through a spiritual teacher named Lacey Phillips. Her Instagram, if you want to check it out, is to be magnetic. Um, And she talks about when we're about to up level or when we're going through an ascension period, it's like all the heaviness starts to really come to the surface. And it's like one more test from the universe that you have to pass in order to really transcend that behavior or pattern or wound that you're trying to heal. So, so many of us have this where we don't know that this exists yet. And we're like, oh my God, why is everything crashing down all of a sudden? Why are all of my old doubts, my old fears? Why is this X coming back into my life right now? Like, why am I being tested? Or, or all, you know, you're working on your money patterns and you think you're making progress and then all the bills come in and then the client like leaves and then, you know, it all just hits at once. And you're like, what is going on? That's the magic dark period. <laughs> That's where you're just getting so tested because it's building your foundation of worth. Like this is your time to stay centered, to stay focused, to stay like worthy and really exercise your self-belief so that you can get through and then get to the lighter side and then start to up level. Have you been experiencing that one? Yeah. <laughs> in in what exactly? This has been I'm in the middle of launching my course. So I made a really hard pivot. Um I should say hard pivot, but I'd been in a space for almost 19 years. So I was in a field network marketing, I was in direct sales. Um I had built two businesses. Um and I was the I was the I was the one that dropped out of college to go do network marketing anyway. So I spent 19 years in that space. And similar to you, in the sense that I got to a point where I was traveling a lot, I was away from my family. I didn't really feel like there was another I'd done everything I wanted to do. It was no longer fulfilling. Um, 
no amount of money, no matter promotion, whatever it was, it just didn't hit. Mm-hmm. And for about a year and a half, I was in this space. And finally, um, I kind of broke through and said, this is what I want to do. Like, I know I have gifts in certain areas. This is who I want to go help. And in like 90 days, I built a course. I have um, new clients coming on right now, which is incredible, but I'm definitely coming against it. Like all the doubt, all the fear, all those things around money that I have definitely are getting like shoved back yeah. at me. So, Wait, so you've only been doing this business coaching for how long? Less than six months, even Stop. though. That's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but it's very, it's similar in a lot of sense to what I've done before though. Um, yeah. But just in a new space. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Welcome to your test. I know. I mean, this is literally when the universe is like, you want it? <laughs> Prove it. And not just that, but this is what builds the foundation of resiliency. And that's the quality that you're really going to need to venture into something new, right? It's like all the things that we read in the business books, perseverance, dedication, commitment, like resilient. This is your test. Are you going to be all of those things? And you are. So what I want to recommend for you is to feel through every emotion that's coming up right now, because it's bringing up everything that needs to be cleared. So you need to really feel, you need to take space to feel right now. And you need to get to the root of each emotion that's coming up. Where did the doubt come from? And I'm just going to throw something at you. I'm just going to throw a little insight at you. Please. There's something in the college dropout that you question yourself. There's some kind of worth or doubt there. So you're going to need to feel through that. The family expectations of your parents, there's something there. (laughs) Feel through that one. But it's good. This is so that you can really clear it out. And then once you've felt through, I want you to come back to your pure intention. That's what's going to get you to the other side. You have a pure intention. You want to help others. That's what you want to do. And you're going to, and you're going to get them to new levels. So feel and then go back to your pure intention and you'll get through this one. What happens when, thank you, um, and how you know this is incredible. Um, what, what happens from a, is it from a nervous system or subconscious standpoint when we do suppress emotions? So yep. I, I, what I'm hearing right now is that these hangups or hooks that I have more or less come from me either suppressing, keeping back, holding on to some sort of emotion that never got released. So can you tell me more about it? Yeah. So it's like you go through a life event and you either feel scared or you feel sad or you feel weak and nobody wants to feel that, right? So we just avoid it and we throw ourselves into our career. We throw ourselves into our relationship. We numb out with alcohol, with sex, with relation, whatever those, whatever your coping mechanism of choice is. And we don't fully feel through and process. So when you don't fully feel through and process an emotion, it just starts to accumulate. So, you know, like if you don't allow yourself to feel scared or weak, that starts to transmute into anxious energy. And then that just stacks. And the more it stacks, the more it's built up, it starts to block your energy from flowing. So now all that energy is used to avoid, to distract from, to numb out those emotions. And you can't connect to the higher vibration emotions of clarity and creativity and abundance and joy and love and all that high stuff. So we have to feel through 
the quote unquote negative emotion, which is just human emotion that we're all, we all have, we're all meant to have. We have to feel through it. That doesn't mean we wallow in it. That doesn't mean we stay stuck there. We feel it. We feel the root of it and we get through it or else you're just constantly like avoiding yeah. going back, going back. It gets stacked. It accumulates. It starts to manifest as physical disease in our body. But if you just feel through it, like it's like a rough period for like 90 seconds, literally, but it's so uncomfortable. And we're not used to that. We weren't taught to emotionally regulate in that way. But so now I just sit with it. I'm like, where's that doubt coming from? And I'm like, oh shit, it's that time that I didn't make it on you know, the team or whatever that moment was. And I feel through that embarrassment or that sadness or that shame. I get to the other side, I breathe it out of my body and it's gone. So you just do that with everything that's coming up for you right now. I got promise it. you, you got this. Like I'm highly intuitive. You got this. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's, it's very new, but it's, it feels very right in the sense that these have always been hangups, like you said, that I've always hit and bounced off of. And yeah. I've found, I've found very creative ways to feel like I'm getting around them. Yeah. They're not really, they're not really, yeah. they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and when we do that, we're like forcing like so many of us, like achievers and the ambitious type, we could force our way right up there. Right. But we're like working around the clock. We're working hard, like at a 200% all day to make stuff happen. When I started going on like the spiritual path and leading with my intuition, it became very effortless. A book that I would recommend for you, um, I just recommended, recommended to someone, is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. It gives you a completely different angle that, that I, like, I like to merge with the business leadership books that I read in you know, this physical realm. <laughs> I love it. Um... It's a book I've read a while ago and I probably have, um, but it's been a while since I've revisited it. I have, I'm going to have a new library thanks to you. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to add a lot more to it. Um, Go straight to the chapter on the law of effortlessness. Okay. The law of effortlessness. I love that. So what's, what's next for you? You've built this incredible community of people. Um, you have um, a tribe of people that love the work that you do. And where do you kind of see this going at this point? Like, what's that next level for you? Or is there a next level? I think you're going to help me with that. <laughs> Honestly, I do. I mean, you planted the seed for me the other day. And it was so interesting because I, you know, I do a lot of workshops. I read a lot of books. Like I love business. I love scaling and building and creating. Um, and I actually started a Brendan Bouchard workshop the other day. And he, you know, talks so much about his OVO kind of formula, the opt-in, the value add, and then the offer. And then you're talking about this like group program. And I know I need to do something online and I need to have like a subscription model. So all these things are starting to like, like piece together for me. Um, so that's definitely something I'm starting to flesh out now. And I do want to be able to, once all this madness is over, be able to travel and, and, you know, work remote again. So I need to have something that's just kind of working for me as well. So I think, you know, I'm going to take the summer to continue doing some more virtual community classes. I love building this audience out. I love introducing breathwork to more people. And then 
I want to do a group program with those achievers where we have the community of support, but it's also creative. And those connections that I think that the people who I visualize in it are just going to help kind of be catalysts for each other in so many different ways. And then seeing if I can create an online program from that. It'll be something around like living your purpose. (laughs) You're going to have so much impact. There's, I think there's such a unique space for you with not only the breath work, but just who you are and how you show up. Like there's a lot more power in who you are because of your background in advertising and your business mind that I think a lot of people on the healing side, I shouldn't say healing, but, but people that do breath work or in meditation work don't have that savviness and you are going to crush it. Like you, you're going to do some really big things. It is, it is going to be epic. So I'm excited for you. I feel the same way about you. I think that's why we became best friends overnight. (laughs) We show up to the calls dressed the same. Like how did this, how did this happen? So funny. Um, all right. So if people do want to end up in your world and people do want to come hang out with you, are you taking a photo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Okay. If people want to end up in your world, how do they come find you? What is the best way to kind of find out about breath work to kind of know about uh, you and your work? Um, yeah. How do they come find you? Yeah. So, um, they can check out my website. It's francescasitma.com. And I talk, I have videos on there that explain what breathwork is, what hypnotherapy is, and how combining the two can also be so extremely powerful. And then if they want to come try out a class, I'm going to be doing like weekly classes throughout the summer. So that's just on my Instagram. It's at Francesca Sitma. And I think you'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) It will be. Everything will be in the show notes. You guys can definitely (laughs) find the links. Go find her work though. She does incredible work. It is incredibly deep and powerful and moving. So whatever you do, my intention would be come in with an open mind, suspend that judgment and uh, just kind of go with um, what Francesca tells you to do. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> any, anything else that we didn't have a chance to touch on today that you want to share or any final thoughts that you want to impart? You know, I think the last thing I want to say is something that really resonated for me, which is something that Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is a phenomenal neuroscientist, talks about all the time, which is we spend 5% in our conscious mind and 95% in our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is the storehouse of all of the beliefs and values that really shape our behaviors and our personalities and our habits. So it's like, if you guys want to create real change, if you want to change your life, if you want to change your characteristics, your reality, then you have to go deeper than the conscious mind. You have to get into your subconscious. And the most effective modality I've found for that is really breath work. And then again, meditation and hypnotherapy. So I think it's so powerful. Just come try it. Just try something new. Might change your life. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending the time, Francesca. And next time, if there's a next time, we'll talk about hypnotherapy because that was on the list. I'm like, I should have talked about that. Anyways. (laughs) next one. I appreciate you hanging out today and spending time and being so generous with your expertise and um, being so vulnerable as well. So I'm excited to uh, see where next levels are for you. And guys, please go check out her work. Um, It is incredibly powerful and um, she has so much to give. So thank you again for your time. Thank you. All right. Cheers, guys. 
Thanks again. I hope you guys grabbed some great value out of today's conversation. If you want to further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you want to find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good, or you can search the hashtag BOFG. Again, that's hashtag BOFG. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going, and it's how I craft the content that's better going to impact you. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.